Hey guys, this is Pastor Josh from Fresh Church. We are so excited that you are joining us for our podcast today. I do want to tell you that we pray at Fresh Church that you would get involved in the local church in your city. The Bible says that those that plant themselves in the house of the Lord will flourish. And a podcast and an online experience, a YouTube uh, sermon is amazing, but it does not replace the local church, the hope of the world, the community, the family that God has placed all of us in. And so we hope you find that and we hope you enjoy this message today. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I really am. Um, we are getting back into our summer series uh, called Summer Bible Study, where we just take uh, God's Word. And uh, man, I forgot to put the password in this thing, and now I'm trying to put the password in. Come on, Matt. Um, yeah, anyways, I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. And uh, we are getting into Philippians. I got it now. I got it now. Yeah, I know. It's just, man, I should have been, you know, not prepared, I guess, not getting ready for it. Um, but I am really excited to be here with you guys today, and I do believe that God has a word for all of us. He really does have a word for all of us. And, uh, and like I said, we're getting back into uh, the summer Bible study series. So the first week, Pastor Josh talked about Philippians chapter 1, and he talked about how uh, there is divine grace and supernatural peace, and how our God is a wonderful Father, how He's always there to protect us, and He's always there to love us. And uh, it was an amazing week, so I'd encourage you guys, definitely go back, listen to the podcast if you can. Um, and, uh, and like I said, this week we're going to get into Philippians chapter 2. And maybe if you're here for the first time today, maybe you're new here, uh, the summer Bible studies, we're basically just taking God's Word, just taking the book of the Bible, and just breaking it down verse by verse and seeing how it applies to our life, seeing how, God, how we can bring it to life, how we can read it, and just, uh, and just letting the truth, like God's Word is truth, and just letting the truth just speak to us, not trying to sugarcoat it, not trying to put our own twist to it, but just literally taking the verses that are from the Bible and just applying them to our life. And, uh, and so, like I said, we're getting into uh, Philippians chapter 2 today. So if you guys want to go ahead and turn to uh, Philippians chapter 2, we're going to be reading uh, from the NIV version. And uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited about the message that God has today. So it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make it my joy by being complete, being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. It says, don't do anything out of vain consent. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but to each of you the interest of of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality to God something to be taken advantage of, something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, by taking the very nature of a servant, becoming a, a human in likeness just like us, and being found in appearance as a man, then humbled himself by coming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, 
That is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray this morning, church. God, we thank you so much that you would give us your word, God, a powerful word, word that can change our life. And I just pray that this morning, God, that we would be, we would be so accepting to your word, God, that you'd prepare our hearts, you'd prepare our minds for it, that we'd be ready to receive your word this morning, God, that we wouldn't let things get in our way, let things distract us, God. God, that we'd be just so ready for your presence and so ready for the truth of God in our lives. God, thank you for just even allowing me to be up here and bring your word, God. Let your Holy Spirit move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when we read that passage, I really like to take the whole passage and just kind of look at the overall theme. Like, what is Paul saying in the whole chapter right there before we go and break it down? And I really believe that there's one just thing that is very, very common throughout the whole thing. We see little phrases like, be like-minded, like, being in the same love and, and having the same attitude. And if you look at all those, I think we can sum those up as just united, like united. He, he's trying to encourage the church of Philippi, be in the like mind, be in the same love, like be in this united, like just be in unity together, like have the same things going on, like be in the same way. And, you know, I, I looked up the word united, and I was like, what does united mean? Like, what does Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, what, is, what do they say? Because that's always a place you got to go. It's like, well, if i got to have a definition, I'm going to go to Webster's, because Webster's knows it all. So I went there, and simply united means to be made one. Made one. It just means to be one. And it reminds me of our marriage. Like, Lindsay and I just got married uh, about a year ago. And uh, it's been awesome, yeah. And uh, we're coming up on a year, actually, in about in less than two weeks. Um, so, but when we got married, we were made one. It says in the Bible that two become one when they are joined together in, in the name of God. And so we became one. And, and what that means is that we still had our own thoughts. We still had our own opinions. Sometimes we had too many of them, but that's a whole other message in itself. But we come together and we make one decision. It's not me making a decision and her making a decision. We come together as a marriage and we make one decision. The parents, for instance, it's, it's like when you're raising your kids. You guys, man, i got to make one decision on how you're going to raise your kids. If the husband decides that he wants, to, he wants to raise the kids or the dad wants to raise the kids this way and the mom wants to raise the kids that way, then the kid's never really going to be raised up in one way. You have to come together and make one decision. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. He's trying to say, I want the church to be united working in one decision, one mind, one spirit. And I love that. I think that's something that we really need today. It's a simple definition of being made one, but I really believe that sometimes we're divided. And even in our relationships and in our, in our marriages and our families, and definitely even in the church, the big C church, like just the whole body of Christ. You think about how many denominations there are, how many different just sections of Christianity they are. It's, you have the Baptist, you have missionary Baptist, Methodist, Assembly of God, Pentecostal. You got people that wave flags, people that do this. And, and what denomination do? I love them. And I believe God's moving through them. My life was changed in one. Like I gave my life to Jesus at one of them. But what they do is they divide the body of Christ. They put a division in there because they say, if you come to this church, you have to act this way and do this thing. But if you go to this church, you got to do this and become this. And let me tell you, Jesus just, just wants to be united. 
Jesus just wants you to be united today. He came to abolish the law. That's setting the law back in place by putting rules and putting restrictions and putting these have-to things. But Jesus came to say, I just want to unite you. I died for you so you could be united, so you can be together. And that's what I really want to help you guys understand today is that God wants us to be united. He wants us to be united. I mean, even here in Nashville, Tennessee, they think about all the people that are just chasing their dreams, chasing their, their future, chasing the next thing. And they just keep being left empty, not finding joy, not finding hope, not finding grace. Because they're not working united. They're not together with a greater purpose. They're just not in one mind together. But today I believe that God really wants to show us what it looks like to be united. So I believe there's three things today, three ways that we can be united. And we're going to go ahead and start in verse 1 in Philippians chapter 2. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, the first way we can be united today is united with Christ. United with Christ. Made one with Christ. I love the way, this is the, new, this is the NIV version, but I love the way the NLT sets up this verse. Paul poses it as some questions, as almost some rhetorical questions saying, is there any encouragement from being united with Christ? Is there any comfort in his love? Is there any common sharing in the spirit? Is there any tenderness and compassion? And so I ask you that today, church. Is there any comfort in his love? Yeah, there's comfort in his love. Because we know that on our worst days, on our hardest days, that his love is unconditional. That his love is not circumstantial. It's not based on what you did yesterday. It's not based on what you're going to do tomorrow. It's based on the fact that you are his. And you don't have to worry about anything else, that you are his. There's comfort from knowing that the Father loves you. There's encouragement from being united in his spirit. Come on, come on, are you encouraged today that you are united with Christ? You are united with Him. You see, when you're united with Christ, there's encouragement that flows over your lives because you know He's going to protect you, that He loves you, that He cares for you. And we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The third thing, common sharing in the Holy Spirit. Having that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, so yeah, Paul, I want to answer that question is, yeah, we do have common sharing. We do have fellowship. We do because... The Holy Spirit is guiding us. He's directing us. We have a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, our hearts, they are more tender. They are more compassionate because God has came in and changed our hearts. We have a new heart in Him. We have a new heart. I love that song that we sing. That Bring us a new heart, God. Just show us what your heart looks like. Bring a new heart to us. Change our hearts. And so Paul says, if any of these are true, which we really believe there are, he says, then make it my joy to go on and be something. He, and we'll get on to that in just a second. So I just want to encourage you this morning that to be united with Christ, you have to be in a relationship with Christ. That's what a, being united with Christ really is, is being in relationship. See, when Lindsay, and I get, when Lindsay and I got married, for us to be united, we had to spend time together. We had to be with each other. For our relationship to grow, we had to, to just talk about things and, and just share thoughts and share ideas. And, and that's the same way with Christ. For you to be united with Christ and made one, you have to spend time with Him. And you don't have to. It's a get-to attitude. You get the opportunity to spend time 
with the creator of the universe. So why wouldn't we be united with him? Why wouldn't we spend our, our time with him? So my question to you this morning is, how united are you with Christ? Are you united with Christ? What does that look like? Do you spend time in his presence daily? Or is it just something that happens once a week? Are you just united on Sundays? Are you just united two or three times a week? I want to encourage you today to be united with Christ daily. United with Christ every single day. The second point we have today comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. He says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit, and of one mind. One mind, one spirit, having the same love, being like-minded. All these things, I think, can be summed up as having united in our purpose, being united in our purpose. I think it's so important that if we ever want to do anything in the kingdom of God, if we ever want to make a difference in this world, that we have to be united in our purpose. We have to be united in our purpose. We honestly need to be like a championship team, like a championship football team or a championship basketball team. I'm a big hockey fan. I love the Preds. Unfortunately, we did not become a championship team this year. We were not, uh, we did not have one purpose in mind. We may have said we did, but you could tell otherwise because we sure did get out of the first round. Uh, but one of our rivals, the St. Louis Blues, they won the Stanley Cup. They won the Stanley Cup in amazing fashion. Their first ever Stanley Cup win, and they've been, over, they've been a team for over 50 years. They've had a team for a very long time. And they've been to the Stanley Cup. This was their fourth time to go to the Stanley Cup. You know what their record was all the other times they went to the Stanley Cup? Zero wins and 12 losses. Every time they went to the Stanley Cup, they were swept. Like they never, have, they never won a game in the Stanley Cup series. So you could say their odds were definitely against them. Like their odds were up against them. Their backs were against the wall. The mentality of, oh, man, I, I don't know if we can do this, like, Every other team has lost all 12 games. Like, there's no hope. There, there's no way we could do this. But the Blues in 2019 had a different perspective. They had a championship mentality. They had one purpose, and that purpose was to win the Stanley Cup. And you see, when they came to work every day, when they came to practice every day, they weren't going for any other, any other reasons other than to win the Stanley Cup. They were working out just as hard for each other because everybody had the one purpose in mind, and that was to win the Stanley Cup. That championship mindset took them from dead last. They were in last place on January 1st all the way to winning the Stanley Cup in June. It's crazy. It's crazy what, the, what will happen when you come in with one purpose in every single, every single person on the team, the coach, the training team, the, the players, the fans. I mean, check out this picture of the, of, the, uh, of the parade that they had. I mean, look at this. Look at all those fans out there, all the media, and then there's Patrick Maroon holding the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's unreal. Every single, body, every single person there had one purpose in mind, one purpose. They weren't focused on anything else. They weren't focused on their agenda. They weren't focused on what they had going on or their preference. No, their purpose was to win the Stanley Cup. They wanted the Stanley Cup. Why? Because it's the greatest trophy ever, I believe, honestly. But they had, they had one purpose in mind, one purpose. And I believe that's what, that's what God is trying to tell us today is that we need to be united in our purpose. We need to be united in our purpose. 
Like think about when you come into church on a Sunday or when you're going to work during the week. What is your mindset? What is the purpose that you're going with? I know a lot of times we come into church and we've got different purposes. Well, I come to church because of this reason. I've come to church because of that. I love the worship, but, I, but the message is a little different, and, but the fresh groups are great, and, and, and then some people love the message and don't love the worship. And, but I believe that God just wants us to come in with one purpose. And God wants us to go into our workplaces with one purpose. He wants us to go shopping for groceries with one purpose. He wants us to go and get our nails done with one purpose. And that purpose is to bring the hope of the Father's love to a dark world. It's to bring the hope of the Father's love to a dark, dark world. This world needs hope. This world is chasing false hope every single day. They are chasing false hope. But we have the only true hope. We have the only hope that actually lasts. The only hope that's actually going to come through. And so God wants us to be united in our purpose no matter what we're doing, whether we're coming to church, whether we're having a, a, a just hangouts with our friends. He wants us in the forefront of our mind that every action, every decision that we make is to bring hope of the Father's love to a dark world. And if we can do that, we're going to do things that you never have even imagined, things that you can't even think of. See, when you have one purpose, just, just like the hockey team, there was a guy that was playing in the Stanley Cup Finals with a broken jaw, had multiple fractures. His mouth and his jaw was wired shut. He couldn't even talk. But he was going out there and still playing because he had one purpose. When you have one purpose and you're united in that, you're going to do something for somebody that you'd never do before. You're going to do something for the kingdom that you'd never do before. So you got to be united in your purpose, church. we got to be united in our purpose. And let me tell you the only difference between the championship team, the St. Louis Blues, and us is that we've won. We're already winners. We already have the hope. We already have the Stanley Cup in our possession. See, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Like we're fighting from the place that we already won because Jesus has taken the keys from death and hell. Like sin is defeated. So we're fighting saying we've already got the Stanley Cup. We want to share the Stanley Cup with every single person in the world. We want to share the hope of Jesus to every single person in this world. And let them fight from victory, not for victory. We can be united in our purpose. The third thing, united in humility. United in humility. In verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain consent. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And I just want to stop right there, and let's just back up. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain consent. He's just saying, don't let selfishness drive you. Don't let the things that you want drive your life. Don't let your interests drive your life. Don't let your worries and your stresses drive your life. And I'm, I'm just as guilty of it. I'm just as guilty as walking not in humility sometimes, walking in pride and, and walking in a way that says, I've got to look out for myself. I've got to look out for what's going on into my, in, in my life right now. But Paul is saying, don't do, no, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain consent. He says, rather in humility, just value others above yourselves. Just value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but to each of you, to the interests of your others. Be humble. Walk in humility. Value others above yourself. Look out for their interest. 
I think a lot of times we do have a skewed view of humility. For the longest time, I had a skewed view of humility. I thought, honestly, humility was like, oh, look at me, this lowly little person that's down here on the earth, this small little speck in the universe. And a lot of times we grew up, maybe we, we thought that was what humility was. Like feeling, you know, kind of bad for ourselves, or like feeling devaluing ourselves, and, and making us feel like we're just a small speck in the universe. And sometimes we, make, we may have felt like that was a spiritual thing. But I really believe there's a, there's a different definition of what humility is. And humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking, le- it's thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself like, woe me, this little speck in the universe, this little bitty human. No, it's just thinking of yourself less and thinking more of other people. It's saying, I'm going to think, you know, I'm going to think about other people's interest when it's a really hot day and somebody asks me to help them move their furniture in, even though I want to be by the pool sipping on some sweet tea. Come on, who loves some sweet tea in here? Ain't nothing like some sweet tea. That's the Lord. It comes right from the Lord's throne. I believe it. My goodness. Especially Milo's. Whoo, love that Milo's tea. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, Roy. But that's what humility is. It's on a day where it's like, you know what, I can think about my interest. I can think about what's best for me right now. But I'm going to look out for everybody else's interest. I mean, a perfect example is when somebody needs a ride to work or somebody needs, you know, they need an extra ride because maybe their car broke down. Trust me, I've been there. I've had cars my whole life that break down. Come on, anybody been on that? Anybody had that Flintstone car? Come on, that was my car. Every other six months, something else go wrong with it. Woo! Let me tell you, I'm thankful for those people that walked in humility and would give me a ride. Or that walked in humility and helped me out. And who shifted their plans, shifted their interest so that my interest could be met, so my needs could be met. I mean, could you imagine a world where we all looked out for everybody's interest, all everybody's needs? We would never have to look out for our own needs because your needs would be met by somebody else's needs. And you would be somebody else's needs and somebody else's interest. And I think that's what Paul's trying to say this morning is if we're united in our humility, imagine the things that we could do. Imagine the, 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 the work the gospel could advance with. Like, just imagine, just go there and think about the places and the people and the needs that could be met and the third world countries that could be transformed and the people's lives that can be saved by the gospel when we're looking out for their interest and not our own interest. We need to be like those people. We need to be united in humility. But he goes on in verse 6 and uh, He says, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, something to be made, to be used to his own advantage. We've got the whole verse right over there, right by the cross. You know, I think this is probably one of the most beautiful, one one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture. Just to really hear the heart of God, the heart of Jesus. Who being in the very nature of God, so he is God. Jesus is God, came down to earth, and he didn't even consider equality. He didn't even want to be equal. He didn't even think about being equal with God. He said, I'm coming to earth as a servant, the nature of a servant. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And when I read that verse, did not consider equality with God, Becoming a nature of, of a servant. It just wrecked me. Because in my life, and, and honestly in mine and my wife's life, the last like 
three months have been a process of not trying to be equal to God. And that may, may sound like, well, how in the world can you even think about being equal to God? Like, you're just, you're like, we're just humans. But you can think that way, and the way we were doing it was just trying to be our own provider. Trying to be the ones that we, we depend on ourselves. We depend on everything for us to be done by us or by somebody else. And so we were trying to play God's role. See, God's role is to be the provider. God's role is to be the healer in your life. God's role is to be the sustainer in your life. But we were trying to be equal with God in saying, God, we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to be our own sustainer. We're going to be our own provider, our own, our own healer. And God has been taking us through this journey of the last three months of just really just letting us be humble, letting us walk in humility. And I'll just be very real. It's been tough. It's been a hard season. God has been taking us through things and allowing us to be in a place where he can really just show us what being humble and walking in humility is like. Because he knows that if we're prideful, that he's never going to be able to do the work that he wants to do in our life. And I believe God's got amazing plans for us. Amazing plans for our marriage, our family. And this season has honestly, it sucked. It's been hard. I didn't want to learn humility through going through the hard things of through health, health issues. And what's funny is the, that the things that we were trying to equal God with, being a provider and being our own healer, is the things that he's allowing us to go through and allow him to be our healer, allowing him to be our provider. And it's been tough. It's been tough. But God has a plan for us. And I want to tell you today that God has a plan for you. And learn to walk in humility before he puts you through something where you have to learn to walk in humility. Be united in humility today before you realize that, that it's just overwhelming and it's too much. Because I'm telling you guys, it's been a tough, tough season. And I know you guys have been there before. Some of you guys have been in that season before where it just, where you get hit one thing after another. It just keeps on being hit. You just can't, you don't see the end of it. But I'm telling you today, guys, God is there with you. He is right here in the moment. Just be united with him in humility, and he's going to take you to places. He's going to take you to places you've never been before. So I'm going to go ahead and call the band back up this morning. You know, we've talked about being united in humility and about, being, about thinking less of ourself, or not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less how we need to look out for other people's interests and how we don't need to let pride get in our life. And that's what we did. We let pride get in our life, trying to allow us to be God. And we, we weren't. We aren't God. And we talked about being united in our purpose and how our purpose is just to bring hope of the Father's love, the hope of a Father's love to this dark world. But most importantly, being united with Christ you can, have, you can be united in your purpose, united in humility to an extent, but if you're not united with Christ, then nothing else matters. You see, it's out of the overflow of being united with Christ that you find your purpose and you find the ability to walk in humility. We can't, we can't really walk in humility without Jesus. We can't really walk and be united in our purpose without being united with Christ. See, being united with Christ is the most important thing. Maybe today this is all new to you. You never even heard of, 
of, of what unity is or being united with Christ. And being united with Christ is just having a relationship with Him. Just having a relationship with Him. And maybe this is something you never heard before. I'll just, I want to help you understand that and what it looks like to be united with Christ. Because everything flows out of that. Everything flows out of being united with Christ. You know, I'm reminded of a story of when I was a kid. Uh, this is probably like, I don't know, probably like 15 years ago. Um, we were getting ready. Some of my friends uh, and my brother and my family, we were going to a baseball camp in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, it was called Total Baseball. It was a lot of fun. We are going to hang out with some ex-professional athletes, also some professional athletes. And they were just going to help us train, get better. I was probably, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. I was really young. Um, but we were going to go over there, spend a couple days with them, learn how to field better, learn how to, to catch better, uh, pitch better, hit better, and just kind of overall get better at baseball. It was all of our sports. It was me and my brother and my best friend and his best friend. And we were having fun, having a great time. And we went throughout the whole week just learning things. And at the very end of this, this training week, of this, like, camp, um, they were giving out reward. They were giving out awards. They were giving out some awards just to people throughout the whole time that had been there, just some achievements and stuff like that. And, um, and I remember them calling out my brother's name. They're like, Luke, come on down. Best pitcher out here. Come on, get your award. And they're like, Tyler, come on down. Best hitter. Tanner, come on down. Best fielder. They kept on going, calling out people's names and got to the end. They're like, it's great to have you guys here. We can't wait to see you guys next year at Total Baseball. I remember this just sinking feeling coming in. It's like, man, I wasn't chosen. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about it now. I guess it's still something that speaks to me. But I remember that feeling, just feeling left out. Just feeling like I wasn't one that was going to get a reward. I, did, I wasn't one that didn't get a reward. All my friends, all my family got an award, but I didn't. I wasn't chosen. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you were the person who was sitting alone at lunch. Maybe you were the person who was always sitting in the lobby by yourself or always just, just kind of felt like the, the one that was left out. I'm here to tell you today that God has chose you. Right here, right now in the season, wherever you're at, God has chose you. He has chose you. You have been picked by God. He's the first. He picks you first. He doesn't pick you last. He picks you first. And He just wants to be in relationship with you. He just wants to be united with you in a relationship made one with Him. So let's bow our heads this morning. See, Jesus chose you. God chose you. Even while we were still a sinner, God chose us. It didn't matter what we did. It didn't matter where we're at. God still chose us. And you need to know that today, that He picks you. You see, there was, there was a gap between us and God that was keeping us from being united. There was a gap. And sin filled that gap. It was keeping you and me from our Creator, keeping us from being united to Him, keeping us from having a relationship from Him. If you don't hear anything else today but this, then and this is the most important thing, is that He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in a just a real relationship with you. He wants to be united with you. 
And if that's you today and you've never, you've never made that decision to say, I want to be in a relationship with Him, I want to commit my life to Christ, then I want to give you that opportunity today. And it's going to be the best decision that you'll ever make. It will be the best decision you ever make. And we're going to have our prayer team, prayer team going up to the front. We're going to have these guys up here. So if you need prayer with it, they're going to be up here. But I just want to encourage you guys that if you've never made that decision to be in a relationship with Jesus, I want to help you make that decision today. So if you want to make that decision to commit your life to Christ, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. Then we're going to repeat our prayer. I'm just going to help. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. On the count of three, one, two, three. Come on, if you want to make that decision today, be in a relationship with Jesus. Commit your life to Jesus. Be united with Jesus. Yes, thank you. Come on. Come on, you still got time. If you want to be in a relationship with Jesus, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for paying the price for my sins on the cross. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I'm going to commit myself to you for the rest of my days. You are my Father, and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give it up for everyone that's made the decision this morning to commit their life to Christ. So awesome, so awesome. Well, guys, there's a connection card that is in your seat, and I just want to encourage you that if you made that decision today, go ahead and fill that connection card out and just check the box that says, I committed my life to Christ. In just a second, we're going to have the offering buckets passed, and we just we know this is a major decision. This is a, the best decision that you can make. This is the best decision that you can make, and so I want to encourage you to fill that card out to fill that card out and put it in the offering bucket when we pass the offering buckets in just a minute. And, uh, and like I said, we, we are going into offering, and it's just another, another act of worship, another way that we can worship God. And so we got a couple ways that we can give this morning. You can obviously give here in service. You can text to give. You can text 77977, text Fresh Church to 77977. There we go. Um, you can go to Fresh Church to online and give there. But... Um, but it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to worship God with our giving. So let's stand this morning before we go out, before we worship God with our giving, before we worship God in song. Let's stand this morning. God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this house, God. I thank you so much for this offering, Lord, that you're going to use it in many ways. But I thank you so much for every single person that gave their life this morning to Christ, God. That every single person that is deciding to be united with you, Lord. I just pray, God, that right now, Lord, that we would be united in our purpose. We would be united in humility, God. That we would just, God, that we would give everything to you, God. Be focused on one purpose, one thing, God. And that is you, Jesus, bringing the hope of a father's love to this dark world. God, thank you for choosing us. Thank you for picking us, God. You have no rival, God. You have no equal, God. No one is greater than you, God. And your name is above every name. And we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, church, let's sing it.